what can I be doing, especially at the start of the day, that is going to get me into that aligned, high vibe energy so that I can powerfully go out and do all of the things and really show up for my business. We can't be leaving that to chance. So that's going to look different to all of us. But a good starting point is to think about when you have felt really energized and in a really good place and have shown up in all of the places in your business powerfully, what were the conditions? How can that be part of your morning routine? So for me, even like getting movement in early on in the day, just having the opportunity to sit outside of my garden with my cup of coffee uninterrupted, just these small things is my way of being in control, of putting myself in a state that's going to be conducive for me showing up in my business how I want to. We have to fill our own cup and, you know, being engaged and being high vibe and having that energy to really support your business is a choice daily. We're surrounded with the message that entrepreneurship is the hard life, the stressful life, the burnout, hustling and pushing is par for the cause. And while scaling a business isn't without its challenges, I am passionate about showing women that we get to step into financial overflow doing what we love. I'm on a mission to not only help you scale your impact and your income, but also to support you in running your business in a way that allows you to reclaim time back to spend with the people that you care about most. Join me for interviews, trainings, and musings on sales and marketing and mindset because I'm a firm believer that our businesses grow at the same rate that we do. I'm your host, Naomi Powell, wife, mother, speaker, and business coach, and this is the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. So one of the things that I have often been asked is, what are the the tasks, what are the habits that I do daily, weekly, that really drives my business forward? You guys know that I'm all about being clear on your one thing, being clear on those few things that you can be doing consistently that are going to be yielding a huge ROI in your business. So I thought that it could be really helpful for me to just walk you through in an average week, in an average day, what some of those tasks look like. So number one is all about filling your own cup and getting your mindset really clear. So for me, what that looks like is every day before I even look at my phone, before I check Slack, before I check social media, that is my sacred time to really go internal. And oftentimes when people hear about like a morning practice, they think it's going to be this long-winded thing that takes them multiple hours. It really doesn't need to. And my practice changes all the time. So even at the time of recording this, what I'm doing right now, probably in a couple of weeks time will be completely different. But the types of things I do in this morning mindset work is, for example, really tapping into what I actually desire. Like, what do I want to call in, into my life, into my business right now? So often the tasks that we're doing in our business, especially if it's things that push us outside of our comfort zone, can feel so scary if we don't have the reason, the context, the vision at the forefront of our minds. So it's so big for me to whatever else I'm doing, 
in that mindset work to reconnect to my why. What does this mean? What does doing the scary things in my business today, this month, contribute to? So I connect to that. What is the vision that lights my soul on fire? So oftentimes I've already got that written down or like right now I'm looking at my notice board in my office and I have my vision board. I get really crystal clear. I look at what are the numbers? What are the numbers of enrollments? What's the revenue? All of that kind of stuff. And I'm very clear, especially when I have money goals, why I have those money goals. What does it represent? Does it represent a bonus that I get to take this month? Does it represent me giving someone on my team a pay rise? Does it allow me to hire more team? Like, what does that look like? The more clear our vision is and the why, it makes it so easy then when we go out into the world and we're then selling and we're doing all of these things to know why these things are important. Also in that that mindset time in the morning, I journal out. So as I'm getting really crystal clear and reconnecting to what I'm trying to call in, there can be some limiting beliefs that come up. And that's when I'll start to work through what that looks like. I have past episodes where I kind of walk through my journaling process. So I won't go into that in too much detail today. But the key thing here is about realigning to the vision and processing through anything that's kind of come into my mind so that when I'm starting the day, I'm starting the day from that place of alignment and clarity so that I can really hit the ground running. And I think one thing that I've really had to grow into is that in the past, when I was feeling off, when I wasn't feeling motivated, when my energy was low, it would then affect the way that I'd show up in my business. It then affect the whether I'd show up when it comes to marketing and selling. And these things are so important. If we want our businesses to produce mature results for us, we need to be mature CEOs. And oftentimes I think when it comes to feeling aligned, when it comes to feeling magnetic, when it comes to feeling energized, we assume that it's just this thing that just lands in our plate, (laughs) lands on our lap and is a passive thing. Part of the importance of doing this mindset work in the morning is me taking the power back. I'm not waiting to be excited. I'm not waiting to feel motivated. I'm not waiting to feel energized. And I'm not also allowing my environment to determine that. I hear it a lot with clients. Oh, but you know, this happened and this threw a wrench in my day or this and this and this. It's so passive. We're responding to our environment to determine how we're going to show up for the day, how we're going to show up for the business, we need to take the power back and be like, okay, what can I be doing, especially at the start of the day, that is going to get me into that aligned high vibe energy so that I can powerfully go out and do all of the things and really show up for my business. We can't be leaving that to chance. So that's going to look different to all of us. But a good starting point is to think about When you have felt really energized and in a really good place and have shown up in all of the places in your business powerfully, what were the conditions? How can that be part of your morning routine? So for me, even like getting movement in early on in the day, just having the opportunity to sit outside of my garden with my cup of coffee uninterrupted, just these small things is my way of being in control, of putting myself in a state that's going to be conducive for me showing up in my business how I want to. We have to fill our own cup. And 
you know, being engaged and being high vibe and having that energy to really support your business is a choice daily. So what could that look like for you? What does that mindset work, that intentional time in the morning look like for you? And how can you safeguard that? So that could mean making sure that you don't have meetings or client sessions before a certain time. Again, these are all choices. You don't have to have calls at a time that would eat into this pivotal moment for you to fill your own cup. How can you schedule your day around that so that your calendar reflects that this morning time is sacred? So that's what that looks like. The second thing that I'm always doing is supporting my existing clients and really working on making sure that they feel really held and taken care of. And of course, that there's a del- delicate balancing act here. Sometimes what can happen is that we spend so much time in delivery that we don't then have time in our days, in our weeks, to be working on growing our audience, building our community, driving sales, because we're so bogged down in client delivery. So you really need to be thinking about what does the cadence look like and how can I be more structured in the way that I am supporting my existing clients and making them feel held. So it's not something that takes so much of my time that I no longer have the bandwidth to actually be driving the business. So I can be, it's still a work in progress. Like I love my clients. So I could literally be on Vox and Slack all day going back and forth with them. But I know that me just being a hotline for my clients (laughs) whenever they have a question is not the most efficient use of my time. And also they want me to be working on my business. They want me to be growing my business because all of those insights when I'm driving my business forward are insights that I bring back to them. So I try and limit that so that I'm checking Slack, I'm checking Vox in the morning and then when before I wrap up by the end of the day. And that really ties into when I'm touching in with my team too. So what does that look like? Because again, one of the downsides that I see, which is why a lot of people can be stuck in this hamster wheel of constantly having to acquire new customers, is that all of the courting happens when they're trying to secure a new client. That's when they're following up. That's when they're being really attentive. But once their clients are in their ecosystem, it can kind of fall from the wayside because they're so addicted to looking for the next client. I've recorded a podcast episode on this recently about an ascension model. When you take care of the people who are already in your ecosystem, they want to stay. They want to remain in your ecosystem, right? It is so much easier to sell to an existing customer who you've given an incredible experience to than it is to constantly be looking at where your next client is coming from. So how can you make sure that supporting your existing clients is something that you do daily but make sure you're doing it in a way that's efficient and is not landlocking your time. What does that look like? So for me, like I said, I check in on Vox and Slack twice a day. If I have more time and it feels really good to me, I'm not restrictive. And like, I've done my two check-ins for the day. I'll, you know, some days I check in more. Sometimes there's things that are happening that I want to share with my clients, but I'm very clear that I do need to have the space to actually be working on building the business. Number three, every single day I touch in with my team. And that normally corresponds to when I'm touching base with clients. So we do a daily huddle on Slack. 
for such a long time, I was really resistant on doing like daily huddles, meetings with team, but especially because I am so protective of the deep work time that I have, I want to be making sure that in delegating, I don't have to think about things that, so while I'm working, I know that my team has everything that they need. They're clear on what their priorities are. I am not worried about like, are we on, are we on track with certain tasks? Those huddles allow me to have a pulse of what's going on in the business every day. So I don't have to think about it. And it also makes sure that my team are really empowered, that they can touch base with me if they need me to sign anything off. They have all of the things that they need to powerfully be going on with their day. And that is what has really been really cool about building my team now is that on those weeks where I have heavy client weeks, two weeks out of every month, I do clients from Tuesday through to Thursday. By the time lunchtime comes and I'm finished with client calls, it's so cool to now be able to do my final huddle of the day and see that so much work has been done while I was client facing. Whereas before I had a team, that was where I'd be starting up again. Or certain projects hadn't been kicked down the road because they were waiting for me to sign things off. So by having that morning huddle and that afternoon huddle, it just makes sure that everyone knows what they're doing and can powerfully be kicking projects down the road. So that has been a godsend. The next thing that I would say that I do all the time, sometimes not daily, but definitely multiple times a week, is you want to be nurturing your audience. You want to be nurturing your audience, but also growing your audience. So what does that look like? Growing your audience can look like doing things that build your email list, directing people onto your email list, directing them into your opt-ins, throwing a masterclass or something that's valuable content that takes someone from just following you on Instagram to actually joining your list, right? So create practicing launching by doing free things. It could be growing your audience by being on podcasts, pitching yourself for visibility opportunities, all of that kind of stuff. This is so important. Oftentimes we can spend so much time just working on the nurturing part and the nurturing part is amazing. But what can happen is that we can exhaust our existing audience if we're not proactively doing visibility type activities in our businesses. We always want to be reintroducing new qualified leads into our business, right? Because there will be a time sometimes where we're just focusing on the nurturing and all of the people who are ready to buy are already in our ecosystem. Those people who aren't ready are still consuming our content, but they're not ready to buy. And that is oftentimes what causes income plateaus. So we want to be doing those things simultaneously. How are we getting in front of completely fresh eyeballs, but also how are we growing our various audiences, especially moving them from platforms like Instagram that we don't control to things like our email list that we do own, right? And we do, it's ours. So what does that look like? So again, practicing your free things. In the beginning of your business, this is the part that feels like it takes a lot of time and a lot of investment. And in many ways it does. This is the time at the early stages of your business 
where you're doing a lot of the unscalable work in growing your audience. But the quicker that you do this in a really intentional, strategic way, that's when you start to transition into the next stage of business when you're in the scale phase where you can delegate a lot of this stuff out. So now in our business, for example, we have just hired a Facebook ads agency. So where before we were driving all of our email lists and signups and things like that, now we have the budget to be able to pay a Facebook ads team and also the budget to go towards the ads, right? But of course that required us getting to a certain sales position where we had those resources to be able to invest. So you can see the big difference between the growth stage and the scale phase. In the growth phase, a lot of it is you using your own sweat equity, right? (laughs) Your audience grows as, as much as you're putting in the work and the effort. But when your pricing is profitable, you have that profit as you're continuing to sell. And then you can quickly outsource a lot of those things. So you are getting consistent, reliable leads into your business without it requiring you to show up. Same thing when it came to like podcast appearances and press. In the beginning, we were doing all of that in-house. Now we have an incredible agency whose job is to be pitching me to all of the places every week. And they're constantly giving us a pulse on how things are happening, how things are going. So I'm getting booked out every single month. Like now we are booked out in press opportunities for the next four, four to six months. I know where those new leads are coming from. And we've already done a lot of the work on where should I be? How can we clarify our media pool so that we're only focusing on press opportunities where there's a captive audience of people who I can really serve with my offers? I want to quickly pause today's episode to talk to you about Grow With Intention. We have transformed our membership into an incredibly powerful six-month coaching program designed to help you build your heart-centered business to six figures in a way that truly supports your life and not the other way around. Grow With Intention is for you if you're a coach, consultant, or expert ready to go from overwhelmed in your business and uncertain of your path to aligned in your strategies and clear on your future, all within a supportive, no-fluff container designed to grow your business without sacrificing your boundaries or your lifestyle. Less theorizing, more intentional action, total expansive growth. So to learn more, visit the show notes for all the details. So you can see now the growing of the audience is something that's not solely reliant on me because I have the resources to reinvest in doing that. But that is a weekly activity that my team and agencies are working on. The other thing is nurturing your audience. So that's the other side of the coin. So now that you have the visibility, you also want to simultaneously be nurturing your audience. And that is where you're creating content that converts. And (laughs) we have countless episodes here all about that. So I'm just going to quickly, I'm not going to go into that in too much detail, but every day you want to be producing content again, that moves people through that customer journey. People who already know, like, and trust you, right? Are you giving them a reason to continue following them, 
to continue following you? Are you giving them a reason to be interested in your next offer? Like, what does that look like? How are you adding value to them? How are you positioning yourself, your offers as the obvious choice? How are you establishing yourself as an authority? These are the types of content that you want to be producing every day. And the consistency is important. When you're consistent, when it then comes to time to sell, it's an easy yes, because you have been showing up. You have that omnipresent. You've established that relationship. That's when you get people who are excited and ready to buy. But this is the thing that I see oftentimes is that people aren't consistent with the nurturing of your audience. And then they go into sales mode and they're like, why aren't people clamoring to buy this? It's because they haven't seen you. They haven't, you haven't established omnipresence with your offer. So this part makes the selling and the launching so much easier. Don't just focus on giving value when you are in a launch season or where you are selling. Really, we all should be selling all the time, but I digress. (laughs) It's so important to be cognizant of giving value in between those big sales peaks. And I want you to know that adding value doesn't mean reinventing the wheel. We're really focused in our business right now about how can we repurpose content that's been really valuable, right? So is that taking a really long post that I did a long time ago and now putting it into a carousel and like refreshing it up so it's like more bite-sized and easy for people to consume? You don't have to be reinventing the wheel all of the time, right? And again, you need to be really crystal clear on where are the areas, where, what are the platforms that you want to be going really deep on to nurture your audience? So for us, Instagram is a big one, but also, like I said, our newsletters is something that we're really focused on and making sure that we're giving consistent value there and people are hearing from us. People are hearing about our offers consistently there, but also the podcast. The podcast is both a visibility because people are discovering us there, but mainly it's a nurture tool. Every single week without fail, you're hearing from me. I'm giving you value. Again, omnipresence. You want to be asking yourself, are you top of mind for your idle client? What is the response like when you do go to sell? If it's not where you want it to be and it's still requiring a really heavy push, then that just means that there's more nurturing that needs to be done. So I would really be thinking about what that looks like and how can you be rolling out valuable content every day in a way that doesn't feel heavy. One of the things I'm always saying is that if you're embodying the results that you get your clients, the content is not about reinventing the wheel. You are literally just bringing your followers along for the ride. And you're just showing that. You're showing those results. You're showing that embodiment. You're doing the thing anyway. You're just documenting it. So it does not have to be overwhelming because I know people will hear me say, you need to be giving value every day and feel like there's loads of moving parts. It doesn't, it doesn't need to. What does that look like for you? Another thing that I would say about nurturing your audience is that, and making it easy, is allowing yourself to riff off the things that already, like those moments where you have peak energy. Like I often have peak energy when I've got off a call with my clients. I'm so pumped up. I'm so inspired. So before I'd put so much pressure on myself to 
schedule loads of content. So Tuesday would be my content scheduling day. And sometimes I'm just not feeling it. And it would require so much pushing and forcing to get the content out there. Nurturing your audience is important, but it's not about ticking a box. It really is about the intention behind the behind the content and how you felt when you were creating it. I say the same thing over and over again. We all do. <laughs> what you'll notice in terms of the difference in people actually taking action is who you were when you were sharing the content, what your energy was, what your magnetism was. So what I'm always trying to do now, rather than say, I have to bank my content far in advance. It could be that I had an amazing call today. And now all of a sudden I have three ideas of posts. I will just write the posts after the call in that moment. I will just show up on stories. You could show up and do a quick live. So you're leveraging that energy rather than feeling like you have to force yourself to create content just to tick a box on the day that you've scheduled it. So you're leveraging that feeling of alignment because again, that is what sells the energy in the content rather than the fact that you've just pumped it out and you're being consistent with your editorial calendar, right? So number five, I'm losing track of numbers. Every day, every day you want to have a call to action. You want to provide an invitation for somebody to join one of your programs. And this is different because oftentimes what will happen is we'll have a value-driven Instagram stories. We'll do a training and then it'll be a, by the way, you can join my program or you can join this offer at the end, tacked on. Or it'll be an epically long (laughs) newsletter. And again, it's hidden. No, every day we should be doing call to actions that are bold, where the selling isn't something that's tacked on at the end. And I want you to ask yourself, if this is something that you find yourself doing, Why are you doing that? For me, that suggests that there's work that needs to be done around you feeling really aligned with the offer. Because when the offer is aligned, you should be so excited to share it, right? You should be showing up without limitations, without fear, without worrying, oh my God, am I gonna rub people up the wrong way? Your Instagram account exists for the purpose of letting the people who would be best served by your work know that you exist, know that they don't need to struggle. So why are we hiding it? Why are we tagging the invitation to the end? It's so easy and comfortable to sit with the just value-driven content. Yes, that is important in terms of creating conversions, but not if people don't know how to work with you. Not if people don't know that you're selling or that they can get what you have to offer. We have to create that offer awareness. And again, when you truly believe that selling comes from a place of service and that the real transformation comes through the transaction, you can start to really show up powerfully selling. It's not a, by the way, the invitation is at the forefront. So what does that look like in your content? Is this something that you're already doing? Or is this something that you could be leaning into more? And you can do it. It could You could be doing testimonials. You could be sharing client wins. 
You can just be talking about your program. Whatever way you decide to do it, all I want to see and I encourage you is to make that the forefront. Make the content itself the pitch about your offer. Okay? Every single day. Next, money date. I look at my money every single day without fail. I truly believe what you focus on expands. I'm surprised when I speak to entrepreneurs and at the end of the month, they're like, oh, they're shocked that they didn't hit their revenue goal. Or they're shocked at the fact that they spent more money than they made. It's because they're not looking. And so often that's why I'm always talking about doing the money work. You know, starting off with just being neutral, getting into that habit of looking at your money consistently and getting to a place where you just feel neutral around what you see as a starting point. But we can't even get to that place if we're avoiding it. And there's nothing worse than getting to the end of the month and realizing some of that. And then that knocks our confidence. And because we're now in that state, it affects how we start the next month. So the results as we kick off the next month are as a result of the fact that we were feeling off from what happened. So it's just this up and down and up and down in our income. When we just get into the practice of just looking at what's going on, you don't always have to take action, but just knowing what's going on and getting to a neutral place around your money, that's step number one. What you focus on expands. And Again, going back to my earlier point with the journaling practice and reconnecting to your desires, looking at your money really helps you to reconnect with your desires too. Again, you're not creating revenue goals out of a vacuum. You know why you why you made that revenue goal what it is. It gives you a powerful opportunity to have these moments every day where you are recalibrating to what you're trying to call into your business. So again, the next day when you have a conversation and fear is making you want to cut your prices, you're so connected to why it's not viable for you to do that because you're seeing what your money is doing. You're seeing the picture that's being painted every day by just having a pulse. And With these daily pulses, I'm just keeping an eye on what's going on because, again, it allows me to recalibrate and be really focused on what my priorities are every day so I don't get sidetracked into shiny penny stuff. It really regrounds me on, Naomi, what are the things that you're going to do that's going to drive revenue and allows me to be really focused? When it comes to making bigger analysis stuff, I do that at the end of the week. And that's when I also like move my money into divide them into all of my profit first accounts. But daily, it's just being empowered by knowing what's going on and then locking energetically into what my sales goal is for the month. So this is what my daily activities look like. Come hello high water. These are the things that I'm doing every single day to grow my business. And like I said, these can take hours or they can condense, you can condense it down. And these are things that you can do really, really quickly. But these are the simple, as simple as they are, these are the things that really drive all of the key areas that you want to be growing every month. Um, so I hope that that little insight 
into what this looks like for me in practice has been really helpful. I would love to know if you do any of these or there are any that you do that I didn't include. Definitely come and connect with me over on Instagram. I am just at the lifestyle edit. And otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of the show. Wishing you a wonderful week. Take care. This episode of the show is brought to you by Offers That Sell, our free online workshop that walks you through exactly how to consistently attract ready-to-invest dream clients your way without working yourself into burnout. Because let's be honest, client delivery is the easiest part. It's everything else your business needs, the marketing, the strategy, the sales. So if you're feeling like you're doing all the things, but no matter how much you work, no one's responding to your content, much less booking out your offers, my friends, it is time to change that. You may have had some luck signing a few clients, but luck isn't what you're about. You want consistently booked. You want to be getting your work out into the hands of the people who would be best served by it. You want your business to feel like yours, and this workshop will show you how. So head to the show description to secure your place. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up. Yeah.